This is Tiger Woods, and welcome to another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone Season 2, Sneak Peek. Um, we're going to come back hard next season um, in Season 2 in the spring, but this is a sneak peek episode. We have a very special guest this week. We love to kick off the podcast every year with this guy. We've got Tiger Woods coming on the pod. He talks a lot about PNC, the golf ball, have some really fun questions to talk to him about. So it was a great interview. It's always good to have Tiger on here to kind of kick us off. But um, I do want to welcome back my esteemed colleague with journalistic integrity, my co-host, Amelia. Amelia, welcome back. Thank you, Adam. It's so good to be back doing these pods, and I'm super excited to get into this episode. There's no no person better to kick it off than Tiger, <laughs> yes. so just so excited to be here and doing this again. I know. They're letting us get another season. I'm so happy <laughs> that we're getting to do this again, but Amelia... Yeah, we did well enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Amelia, what have you been up to? It's been a really busy year for you, um, especially the last couple months, so what's been going on in the life of Amelia? Yeah, it it really has. This year has been such a whirlwind. So many blessings came off of my last college season, winning the national championship, then got married, played in the U.S. Open, US Open and yeah. just spent, <laughs> you know, the the rest of the summer traveling a bunch for broadcasting, working for the Golf Channel and PGA Tour. And it's been really fun because working through PGA Tour Live, I've actually gotten to cover Jason Day a couple times. So I know we're going to talk a little bit about right. him, but um, yeah, no, it's it's honestly just been so much fun. And, and you know, we the were beginning down. of the year. Yeah, it, it just, <laughs> exactly. Anwa getting to play Augusta, my husband, Charlie, who was my fiance at the time, caddied for me. Um, and so it's it's just been incredible. And um, just a couple of weeks ago, too, we were in Florida for the big Bridgestone shoot. That was oh, so, yes. so fun to do. I was getting so excited for that. And it was cool to see all the players. Obviously, last year was my first time meeting everyone. So it was really nice to come back and everyone was really comfortable and saying hello. And and there was it was funny when Tiger walked in, I was sitting talking with Freddie and Tiger walks in and goes, Amelia, where do you want me? <laughs> and and yes. it was just so nice. Like, you know, he's He's such a he's the most esteemed player uh, in golf, and for him to just you know be so respectful and 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 kind to me, I, I just I, I appreciate every single time. So yeah, it's it's been a great a great year, and uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't have had it any other way. But Adam, what what have you been up to this summer and and since we've last spoken? Oh, yeah. I mean, the shoot was amazing a couple weeks ago. That's always something we look forward to immensely every year. You know, the, all the guys being together, I feel like we have the, the coolest staff on tour. We're very um, specific about who we have here at Bridgestone, so it's always fun to kind of catch up with those guys and, and see them once a year to kind of do all the fun stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's been a busy year here at Bridgestone. Super excited. One little side note from a personal perspective is – Man, I've been real working on my uh, bug. I bought a Volkswagen Beetle for my grandfather, my grandpa, my papa. It's a 1967 um, Volkswagen Beetle, um, pearl white. Wow. And he's always, he's worked on 
Volkswagens his whole life since he got out of the war. Um, and it's, it's something he's always done. He's always worked on Volkswagens and Carmen Gias and, and some Porsches because they're very similar to Volkswagen. So um, it's something very nostalgic to me. My first car was a 73 baby blue Volkswagen Beetle. It wasn't the wow. coolest car <laughs> to drive around in, you know, North Florida, kind of in the hillbilly country where everybody had trucks and stuff. <laughs> and I was buzzing around in my little bug. But it's very nostalgic, and, you know, I, there's lots of late phone calls where I'm talking to my papa about, you know, tweaking the bug, getting the choke just right and everything. So it's super fun. It's been a little pet project I've had outside of golf for the last month or so. So I was just so excited for that one. And, th- and then golf, yeah, I played a little bit of golf this summer and in, in late fall. It was a beautiful fall here in Atlanta, but, you know, the game is where it is. It's kind of – it is what it's going to be when I get out there and play and – so um, golf's been really popping. It's been so fun watching a lot of golf lately. A good segue to a couple of things here. But, um, yeah, it's just been a really busy year here at Bridgestone and super excited for what's coming in for 24. So the real question I have with your Volkswagen is, is this coming out of the garage or is this the special car that stays in the garage? No one can touch <laughs> it except you. You know, funny <laughs> what's enough. that? I don't get the garage. Um, my mother-in-law lives with me and wife get the two-car garage, but I kind of okay. build a little outside garage building, and I do back it in there. So my, my truck, my everyday truck that I drive around sitting out in the elements, but yeah, definitely Pawpaw's bug that I have now is backed up in there and nice and sealed and protected. So yeah, it's, it's, it's under, the, <laughs> under the lean-to for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, I... I I always get fascinated by people who are super into cars and, um, you know, because that's just so not my arena. But uh, my husband's uh, mom actually just bought a light, bru- light blue Bronco Sport. So it's, oh, it's so yes. funny. She's sitting there <laughs> whipping around in it. And uh, Charlie's dad, I was like, yeah, I feel a little funny anytime I have to drive that car. <laughs> but, uh, but she loves it. So really cool to hear you talk about that, Adam. But we have some big news in golf. I feel like a lot of news has happened in golf, a yeah. lot of headlines this year with, with everything. But... <laughs> Specifically, the <laughs> the USGA rollback uh, that was just kind of announced. And Adam, you're the R&D expert. So could you kind of walk through to me mm. and everyone who's listening just the steps on this rollback and, and what it means for, you know, the professional and amateur game? Well, um, how much time does the listener Loaded question. Have? <laughs> yeah, I know. It is, it is a very um, important topic here at Bridgestone. You know, our primary focus is the golf ball. So... Um, the USGA has been pretty um, transparent in everything that's gone on. Um, they've talked about it. We've talked to them actually for years and years about this subject matter. But um, so back in March, they released a proposal that basically the golf ball has to travel 317 yards. And right now, the ODS, the overall distance standard is 317 yards and the club head speed is 120 so when the ball's hit at 120 miles per hour with the club head, it can only travel 317. What they proposed in March is the club head speed to be increased to 127, which is a 7-mile-per-hour increase pretty fast, and it could still only travel 317 yards. So basically we were going to have to find a way to make a golf ball that flew shorter but still achieved the same distance of the ODS standard at a faster club head speed. So that was the MLR. That was kind of 
bifurcation to where we'd have an MLR ball for elite amateur play and roll back the ball for the elite amateurs. I mean, elite competition, not elite amateurs, elite competition. So then just a few days ago, actually, they came out with a modified announcement that is to go into effect for pros in 2028 and amateurs in 2030. And they, they pulled back the club head speed to 125 to go to that 317-yard distance. Now, remember, the first one was 120 club head speed to 317 yards, and now the proposal has been finalized, as far as we're understanding, to 125-mile-per-hour head speed to go 317. So, yeah, the ball's yeah. going to be shorter. Um, for the amateur, it looks like that's going to be three to five yards, according to their proposal. We can't really speak to that yet. Um, we haven't obviously built a new ball for this standard. Um, we were building a ball for the standard of 127 for 317 yards. Um, so we got to kind of get back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, from a company standpoint, we would have preferred a bifurcation um, stand by the USGA. Um, basically, leave the amateur alone. Um, this is, by their own verbiage, a elite competition problem. Um, from a distance standpoint. So we'd prefer them to leave the amateur and, f quite frankly, the female demographic alone as far as distance. But, um, you know, they have chosen to go the route of rolling it back for everybody. And um, so we're going to have to kind of get back to the board for R&D. We have, we have a couple years before the pros change and then, you know, seven years, six years really before the amateur has to take this into effect. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy couple of days talking about this. It's been a, actually crazy six or eight months kind of focusing on it. We've done a lot of testing with the balls and prototypes. So, you know, we, we know how to, we're, we're totally relying on our R and D engineers and our engineers in Japan, dimple engineers and material science engineers. And we know that we can achieve this. It's, we just, again, we would have preferred a bifurcation ruling to leave the amateur golf ball alone. Mm-hmm. What's the timeline for this? How long will it take to create a ball Ooh. that has different metrics and make sure it doesn't surpass a distance? Like that all mm -hmm. seems kind of complicated to me. Yeah, it's it's what's going to be difficult is, you know, every year we try to creep closer and closer to the holy grail of getting to that distance standard for ODS, but then creating a ball that, you know, spins more around the greens by still staying to that ODS standard. So this is a little different to where we gotta we gotta back it up a little bit. So um, really, we have to sit down with our engineers, and you know, th there's obviously a bunch of easy ways to make the ball not as good, but like we still don't want to do that. We want to still get the ball to that overall ODS standard when it does change in 2030 of 125 mile per hour club head speed at 317. But we still want the performance there. So, yeah, from a from a making a golf ball standpoint, yeah, it's going to take a few years for sure to kind of figure out the performance. But, I mean, this affects everybody. If it was just a tour thing and a tour player thing, then we would kind of focus on those club head speeds at that super fast, elite, high speed. But, like, now we also have to kind of ladder down and make sure the E12 contact is, you know, inside of these standards, but still provides the consumer what they need off the tee as far as straightness is concerned. We have mm -hmm. to work with the E6. We have to work with the E9 long drive. 
I mean, you know, the specifications right. are all going to have to change because of this. So wow. it's going to so, be a lot of so work. So the long drive, the long drive uh, folks will be affected too then. Will they? Yes, because they're going to yeah. use a ball oh, that wow. we're going to make that abides by the USGA standards. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. unless and they come. And I guess it's, you know, everyone will use it, but everyone's yeah. ball will go shorter. So that's yeah. kind of interesting. It affects everybody all the way down from Tiger Woods to the person who plays once a year in a scramble in 2030 mm-hmm. it's crazy and and hopefully there will be more education from the usga on golf uh, yes. courses on how you can agreed you know move tee boxes up and and maybe get creative with you know maybe you don't have to build a new tee box for the way forward mm-hmm. tees but maybe you can put it in the front of the fairway or put some kind of line so you don't have to like rebuild and, and spend money building a golf course, you know, building extra tee boxes forward, but just making sure that club pros, superintendents like these, you know, the the people know that, okay, let's, let's move all the tee boxes up. So the amateur game is not being affected. You're still hitting your eight iron into the first hole in your home course, you know? Yeah. Environmental footprint has been something that USGA has talked about a lot as well. So in 2030, I fully expect that a lot of courses are going to have to kind of redesign, re-rate their golf course and move it up. Because, I mean, if if I'm hitting a 7-iron into my hardest par 4 or 5-iron into my hardest par 4 in my golf course and all of a sudden I've got to hit 3-wood or 4-iron, I'm not sure that's what the USGA had in mind. So they want the game to be played somewhat similar but just have less of an environmental footprint. So golf courses are hopefully will kind of take that into factor and hopefully the USGA will work with a lot of these golf courses to kind of, you know, move the tee boxes around to, you know, so like your everyday average blue tees for the male will, you know, instead of most males playing at 65, 64, the standard and normal practice will be 62 or 63 or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then it'll kind of ladder down with the ladies tees up and the senior tees and the junior tees and your black tees, you know, most time when you go to your back tees, black tees are usually 72 is kind of like the, you know, that's kind of what it's going to be for the most part. And then that, that always, that turns to 70 or 69 now when you go to every golf course. So it'll be interesting to see seven years from now, I'll be, I'll be 47 years old. So I'll (laughs) still be wanting to poke it out there. So hopefully Hopefully the the courses will get shorter by then. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I want to transition, though, and and talk about the Grant Thornton that just wrapped up last week. Jason Day, Lydia Ko coming out on top. That was – I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I got to watch some of the final round and and Mm -hmm. Jason and Lydia coming down the stretch. But it was so cool to see everyone's – posts about the tournament and just seeing some, you know, Instagram clips. I, I remember I saw Lilia Vu chip in and Joel Damon's like running mm-hmm. around the green. Um, it was so and, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it seems like it's really good for the game and it's, I'm really excited. Hopefully there'll be more and more events like this because clearly the the men and women uh, really liked it and I think it was well received by the fans as well. I think, Adam, I think we've talked enough in our intro, so <laughs> yes. how about we get right into this Tiger interview? Uh, we've seen some peaks of you kind of hitting some balls here and there. How's the rehabilitation mm-hmm. and getting back out there been over the last couple months? Well, during the Masters, it kind of sucked. <laughs> it, it was my ankle was pretty sore. Um, weather couldn't have been. <laughs> weather was not not helpful. <laughs> Better. Yes, for sure. um, but the what I was struggling with was um, bone on bone, and um, 
So I had a lot of arthritic changes I, that have transpired over the last couple of years that uh, has some metal put in there. So it's perfectly fused. It doesn't move. So my ankle is semi-frozen, semi but so the pain is absolutely gone. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's like my lower back. When my back was fused, mm -hmm. that the pain where it existed is completely gone. Now, the surrounding areas that have to make up for the range of motion, those get more sore. It's right. just, this is no different. Mm -hmm. um, it's moving up the chain. I'm getting a little bit more sore up the chain. But what I felt at Augusta is gone. And so it's exciting to be able to walk. It's exciting to be able to get out there and do things. Now, I've had to make some adaptations in my golf swing, mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. It's like learning a new body, just like I did in 17 when I came back from a fusion, trying to learn a, a new a new swing and a new body what my limitations are mm -hmm. and i'm still i'm still doing that um i i can still hit the middle of the face it just doesn't go quite as far <laughs> <laughs> so um you know hopefully that you know as i get more comfortable and understanding what my limitations are and what my max point is then um you know, i'll start start getting a little bit better yeah just crazy to just hear you share those things and you don't really realize the physical gifts you have until you till something happens and you know you don't you can't swing the way you used to and you yeah. have to navigate multiple things so just really thank you for sharing sharing those things and uh you know lastly kind of want to get into the pnc that's coming up i yeah, know that's always yeah, a fun yeah. event with you and charlie but just you know we talked about it last time on the pod too but looking back on the different PNC events that you guys have played, what stands out the most to you when you look back at past memories from then? Well, I think that, you know, when we, f we first played, it was actually during COVID, so there was no one out there. Um, so it was a, it was a perfect, it couldn't have been a more perfect introduction for Charlie to play on a bigger stage mm -hmm. than really no one out there. Right. Uh, so we were able to have fun, be on own little world and, um, he got to, in, got to be introduced to tour players, past and present. I mean, I for me, I get I get a kick out of listening to Lee Trevino <laughs> talk golf balls, call golf ball shots, swings, everything. I just sit there and just listen. Well, you can't talk anyways. He's just gonna, he's gonna do all the talking. <laughs> but um, Charlie got a chance to listen to him, and he got a chance to ask a few questions and. Um, the, see the different multi-generations but I think that over all the years from the years that I first watched uh, the father-son to where it is now uh, the parent-child the mannerisms mm -hmm. are oh, yeah. so cool to watch <laughs> you know just the way they walk the swings the swing rehearsals the waggles um, the legs crossing uh, it, it it's just so so neat to, so neat to be part of and Charlie and I have had, just have had just an absolute blast doing it and we got a chance to play last year with, with JT, who's like family to me. He's like my little brother, and mm -hmm. and Charlie's like his big brother. <laughs> yes. So to, to us, it's a, it's a big family affair. Um, on top of that, last uh, couple of years, we've had the LaCavas on board. Mm -hmm. So right. so little Joe's caring for little Charlie, and big Joe's caring for, for me. <laughs> and it, it's been a, a family affair, and that that's what's been neat about it is that is more than just a golf tournament. It's 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 families creating family experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome. We're so looking forward to that coming up, as well as TGL. 
What we're going to do here is as we end here, we're going to ask you a few questions. We have some rapid fire questions. We got 10 and then we're going to call it a wrap. We got a lot of stuff oh going on with you for the rest of the day. So I'll start off with the first right, one and then right. you can kind of fire away after me, all right. Amelia. So um, text or FaceTime? Which one? What do you mean? Which one would you rather do? Text somebody or do Oh, a text. By far. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite go-to meal post-round? Uh, pretty much if if it had to be last last meal, it's always um, porterhouse with mayonnaise potatoes. Oh, yes. Sounds I don't disagree with that. Favorite baseball team? Oh, the Dodgers. Yeah. NFL? Oh, the Raiders. There's no other team. <laughs> College football team? That's Stanford. Cardinal, of course. Boo. Just kidding. Oh. I love Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite college class? Uh, econ 101. Um, the reason why I say that is because my econ professor was um, one of Bill Clinton's um, advisors. So wow. once a week he would go to D.C. and advise Clinton and be in um, those economical decisions of, uh, about macro and, macro and micro economics, he would come back the next day and he would actually apply real world um, scenarios to what we're learning. Mm-hmm. So I, that was the, the coolest experience I've ever had. First car? 1988 uh, Navy Toyota Supra. <laughs> that I, Supra. That, hold on, I'll tell you an even better story. <laughs> that with some of my... Um, gaming earnings by putting and playing skins <laughs> that I was able to afford a base tube in the back. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, yeah. So I was thumping down the road. <laughs> yeah. Had some subs back there. Oh, yeah. People heard you when you were rolling up to the first tee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> coolest celebrity that you've ever met besides yourself? Well, I'd have to say two because they're, they're, they're different, okay? Mm-hmm. If you want to say celebrity, um, I would say Prince. Um, but you, I would say, it's, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Uh, the favorite, my most impressionable person I ever met, and I had a chance to meet him on several occasions, was Nelson Mandela. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. That is a... Last question. If golf wasn't your thing, you wasn't playing golf, which is hard to imagine, what do you think you would be doing? Military. Oh, wow. Not hard no. to imagine then. Yeah. Good thing you pick golf, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for stopping in. Thank you for answering a few questions and looking forward to this year, man. You got it. Done Thanks, deal. Thanks, Tiger. No problem. Anytime. Thanks. Well, that was so, so fun and an, truly an honor to get to talk with Tiger. Anytime there's an opportunity to get to pick his brain, just so happy to be part of the Bridgestone team to have this opportunity to do that. And yeah, you know, he was talking about just the rehab that he's going through and how much better he feels compared to Augusta, but then the swing changes and some adjustments he's had to make and, you know, just compensation his body has made through his injuries. So just really interesting to hear, you know, one of the best athletes of all time, just talk about Mm -hmm. how he's managing this. So just, Overall, just so interesting and and always so great to sit down with him. Yeah, the gait looks really good from the hero, him walking around. Um, You can physically tell a difference from Augusta, even from last year's shoot to this year's shoot of of him kind of getting around. So it's so happy to hear that the pain is gone from that fusion. And he talked a little bit about how it it makes other things ache to compensate for it. So he's getting used to different places around his ankle and leg aching 
to compensate for the fusion inside of his foot. So he says he's getting used to those. And, you know, we've heard good feedback from him at the Hero and his rehab process. So, yeah, just looking forward to this week. It's kind of – he always calls this a little hit and giggle at the P- PNC. <laughs> so it's fun to hear – see him play in a less serious environment and kind of let his hair down and just kind of enjoy it. And he, he brought up the mannerisms again. It's funny. Cause like sometimes you wonder if it's too much and it gets, right. there's too much camera action on the mannerisms of the players, but it's funny him saying he loves to see those videos. He loves to see when Charlie does the fist pump like him or the point or even like propping up on the putter and crossing that leg over like they both do is really cool and funny. And it's even beyond Tiger, it's, you know, with Annika and her son, they do a lot of familiar yeah. things. And <laughs> the Coochers, you know, Matt and his son Cameron's going to play this year and they're all like really tall and gangly they look very similar and so it's funny seeing all the parents and the kids out there yeah no it really is and I think from you know the the professionals out there is they don't even really know all the mannerisms they do like we as fans know and so I think there are just endless discoveries that they make wow I do this and my son or daughter does the (laughs) same exact thing so I I just even even with you know people pointing out the mannerisms that my mom and I have who who played college golf and it's it's just so interesting it's an endless amount of kind of clips you you can make from from the the mannerisms perspective people say it all the time about me and Henry my nine-year-old son and how we walk around we walk around on our tiptoes we do a lot of things the same and (laughs) just kind of naturally happens but yeah it's if if you guys are still with us if you're still listening uh, I want to drop a couple of things before we go here it's an exciting month coming up for Bridgestone we have some big announcements coming in within the month it's the end of December kind of now and going into January we have the PGA show where we're going to make some really cool announcements so stay tuned for that but I've mentioned the Tour V X prototype that um, the guys are kind of out there playing and there's going to be Tour B prototypes available um, via a sign-up to test. So if you guys are interested in testing some of the product that we have that is not out yet, and you want to kind of test a prototype similar to what Jason and Tiger is doing now, then you can go to all of our social channels and sign up for that. It's, it's up for the next week or so, and we're going to randomly select you know a couple thousand people to, to test these new golf balls, and we're going to send them out over Christmas holidays and the beginning of the year. So hopefully you guys can get your hands on them and and start doing some testing. Give us feedback as we go into the new season and launch these golf balls. So super excited about that and everything coming down the line for Bridgestone. Yeah, there's nothing better than a holiday sale or anything involving golf and Christmas and a gift. So <laughs> make sure you grab onto that. But thank you all for listening to this sneak peek into season two. And so always great to get to catch up with you, Adam. And until next year on another golf podcast presented by Bridgestone. Another Golf Podcast is presented by Bridgestone's new line of Tour B golf balls with a reactive IQ cover. 
Reactive IQ is a smart cover technology that reacts to the force of impact. It rebounds quickly on tee shots, delivering explosive velocity and increased distance. And around the green, the Reactive IQ cover stays on the face longer, providing more spin and control. Bridgestone Golf is the pioneer and industry leader in ball fitting, and the four new models of Tour B are designed to ensure every golfer is playing the right ball for their game. The Tour BX and XS models are ideal for players with driver swing speeds over 105 miles per hour, and the RX and RXS were created for golfers with driver swing speeds under 105 miles per hour. To find the right ball for your game, go to BridgestoneGolf.com and click Find My Ball to go through the online ball selector guide. Bridgestone Golf, the number one ball fitter in golf.